0: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: This is the Zach Gelb Show.
2: All righty, back inside a jam-packed Mandalay Bay Convention Center. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast-to-coast on CBS Sports Radio. Now joining us is a man that is a finalist. For the defensive player of the year this dude each and every year just keeps on getting better and better and better i don't even know what the ceiling could possibly be for this guy because he's just an absolute dog and that is max crosby on behalf of the las vegas raiders via invisalign max great to see you in person how you been
3: absolutely i appreciate the introduction uh means the world man Uh, i'm doing great everything's great
2: i appreciate a a lot about your story Um, something though that really stands out is just the love that you have for the raiders organization like we know there's been a lot through the years, and yep. a lot of people could have taken the easy way out and said, I'm out, I'm gone, you know, I'm not going to be a, a, a part of this. Why do you just have so much love for the Raiders organization?
3: Um, honestly, it just, you know, they, they would only seem to take a chance on me. Um, and at the end of the day, I feel like I was born to be a Raider. Um, I mean, I don't even, being in another jersey or color doesn't even register in my brain. It doesn't even <laughs> sound like a thing. I feel like since day one, I was meant to be here and um, be a part of the reason why we change this thing around? So, you know, I talk passionately about winning and what you know I feel like is best for the team. You know, obviously I'm not the final say, but um, I put my body on the line and played through a lot to be, you know, help this team win in every single way. And I show them, listen, I'm getting better every single year, regardless of what's thrown at me. Um, and that's what I want everyone thinking like. So, you know, I have, I've shared my opinions. People have had their, you know, certain concerns and you know thoughts on it. But at the end of the day. All my messaging is is i want everyone to be thinking on the same level i want how how are we getting better like you know you mentioned like every single year i'm finding new ways to improve in every single way in every single category and finding that one percent and i want the front office i want the i don't care if it's the front office to the janitor or the equipment guys i want everyone to be thinking like that that's how you win that's the only you know the only way you give yourself a chance to win a super bowl everybody's got to be in the boat so ap he's the raiders to the core there's only one coach for the raiders I mean, everybody has these big names and everything like that. But there's only there's 31 teams and only one one Raider Nation. So I feel like AP is the man for the job. And, uh, you know, I stand behind him and I stand behind what I say. Well, that's when I I knew you meant
2: business about AP. Like clearly Antonio Pierce showed that he deserved to get the job. He got the job. But with how much love you have for the organization, To basically say, hey, I may have to think about requesting a trade if you don't hire this guy. (laughs) Speaks how much he's impacted you and and how much you've thought of him.
3: No doubt, and it's not just about me. You know, I'm speaking for the guys. I'm speaking for everyone in that building. Everyone wants him wanted him to come back. So if I got to take some heat. And, and be that guy. That's what being a leader is. You know, standing up for what's right. At the end of the day, all I care about is winning, and care about. Win- I want Mark Davis to have a damn Super Bowl, uh, to win a Super Bowl. I want him to have success. I've been the owner for twenty years, and you know we've only been in the playoffs twice, and only once in my five years. So I want us to succeed. I want him to succeed. I want. I do it from the greatness of my heart, because when I go to bed at night, I'm not worried about you know, what people's opinions are, whatever, because I know I'm coming from a good place. All I care about is winning for the Raiders, not anybody else. I don't give a damn about any other team, but I'm not ruined for anyone in the Super Bowl. I don't give a damn about anybody. I care about the Raiders and my guys, and that's all I care. I'll go to the end of the world for my teammates, and they know that, and I'll play through anything, if I can do it, to be out there on the field and help us win. So uh, I care about the nation, and there's only one nation, so that's it.
2: We want an answer. Max Crosby here with us. Uh, quarterback is always such a big thing, right? We know yep. Derek hasn't been with the team now for a year in New Orleans. Um, I think they're going to make a move this offseason, whether it's in the draft, a trade, free agency. When you kind of go into this offseason, you don't know who your, your quarterback's going to be. I know you can only yeah. focus on what you could focus on the defensive side of the ball, but h- how challenging is that?
3: I mean, the, you know, just being real, like the qu- quarterback's the most important position in football. Um, there's only 32 of them in the world that start. Um, it's a very rare and tough position to play. Um, and, and and people you know try to skip over this but like Aiden O'Connell you got at the end of the day like he was our guy he stepped in he helped us win a lot of games and you know there's growing pains being a rookie is hard enough but being thrown in in the middle of the season when everyone's starting to figure out who they are as teams it makes mm-hmm. it even more difficult and the fact that he didn't blink you know we go to the, play the Vikings we score zero points he's getting murdered on on you know online everybody Turn around in four days we go out there and set the record for most points yeah. scored that's just a testament to not only him but the guys in this locker room so quarterback's the hardest position to hit on everyone thinks they know who's the next this guy or the next joe montana or the tom brady but nobody really knows until they get out on the field every everything matters from your coach to the system and all that so um, i feel like at the end of the day you know we're gonna you know they're gonna have to fight that out that we're gonna probably bring in two quarterbacks um aiden you know is gonna have a chance to fight for that spot um and you know he, he's started more games than anybody who, who's come in and if we bring in a vet then you know at the end of the day I mean there's I don't know what other vets are out there right now Kirk but, Cousins yeah you know, like a, a Kirk uh, Russell C- Wilson's gonna be available yeah that's pot- clear potentially but like I mean at the end of the day like Aiden has started for the Raiders you know what I mean so I know Aiden's not scared of competition. He understands the situation. I got the Can he be a franchise
2: quarterback, in your opinion?
3: I mean, yeah, I mean, it's nobody thought I would be where I'm at after my rookie year. You know, realistically, nobody expected me to be here. Um, I believe in Aiden 100. percent I believe in, you know, what this team, you know, moving forward with AP and what we have now in Celesco, Like, we're gonna make the right decisions and best decisions for the team going forward.
2: Do you feel like? You still get disrespected a little bit like everyone knows you're a great player but when they talk about the great pass rushers i feel like everyone throws miles garrett up there you know tj watt up there uh michael parsons up there and then eventually people say max crosby but i feel like you should be a a little bit higher up that list
3: yeah i mean i understand why it's like that Um, but yes i take you know i hear see everything and i let it motivate me you know for me i don't do it for the ones that doubt me I've been doubted my whole life. I do it for the ones that believe in me. My tight end circle, the people that know what I do on a daily basis. So that's how I operate. And, you know, I tell this to my brother all the time. We had this conversation recently. But, you know, it took everybody in the NBA to recognize Nikola Jokic as the best player after eight seasons. He was doing it, putting up the stats, doing it every single year. Nobody could guard him. He was most complete Mm -hmm. at what he did nobody was doing what he was doing, but they didn't really give him his respect till eight, his year eight when he wins the MVP, wins the uh, wins the NBA finals. And they're like, oh, he's, he's the best player in the world. But they're like, look what he's been doing the last eight years. I mean, it's undeniable. So for me, I know what I'm doing. I trust my work and I trust the process and I'm willing to run the marathon longer than anybody. That's why I play more snaps. That's why I put my body on the line because I know in the end, if you put in the work, the results will follow. So I live by that every single day. And it's not just the, you know, playing on Sundays. It's the routine. It's 365 for me. We played the Broncos week 18. I was up early, rehabbing, meal prepping still every single day. It doesn't stop for me. So, you know, people are going to have their opinions, but in the end, I feel like we're going to look back and I'm be notified. You know, notice is one of the greatest to do it.
2: You know, I i get what we do is we have conversations, we we give opinions, we have fun. Uh, Max Crosby's here with us, but this conversation with Brock Purdy, I, I'm just tired of it. The last <laughs> two weeks, like yeah. you think he's a system quarterback, a game manager, a, a good quarterback. I don't care. The dude's winning games right now, and that's all that matters in this league.
3: 100. I mean, everybody like it's the same thing. You got to do it over and over and over again, just to be considered. You know, one of the best. You know, it's the same. I've dealt with it my whole career um brock purdy you know he's young he hasn't played a ton of games but they're gonna try to label you and put you in a box from day one he's a little white dude from iowa state who was undrafted he's the last pick in the draft he's already gonna take heat from the start they're like oh well he's not as talented oh there's a reason why he went here and he's proving to everybody every game okay he doesn't have to say nothing all he has to do all that matters is the film and that dude if without him they wouldn't have won that game versus the Lions. He mm-hmm. was out there doing, making all type of crazy plays, not only throwing the ball but running the ball. Like It was it was crazy to see. So a guy like that, I love it because he doesn't let the, the BS on the outside affect what goes on in the locker room and on the field. So, I mean, they'll always try to put you in the box. They said I was a pass rushing. All he could do is a yeah. situational pass rusher and a special team. I'm like, all right, so watch this. So that's, you know, I got, I got a ton of respect for Purdy.
2: Tell me what you're doing on Invisalign
3: with Invisalign today. Uh, Invisalign, yeah. So, um, you know, they came to me with a great opportunity. Uh, They got over 400 guys in the NFL right now, currently. um, I didn't have braces growing up or anything like that. So I was like, might as well get the smile a little bit better. Um, Teeth look good? No, teeth, yeah. yeah, You know, I appreciate that. I'm not just
2: saying that because I know you kicked the crap out of me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, I appreciate it, man. I just started. I don't want to instigate
2: you like Mahomes, all right?
3: (laughs) We don't have to do that. But yeah, no, Invisalign's been incredible. I'm wearing them right now. Um, and it's been, you know, it's been a good journey so far.
2: One more thing that I want to ask you. Yeah. People are going to doubt the Raiders. People are going to say they can't get it done. Max is crazy. Devontae Adams is crazy. Why are you guys going to get this thing
3: right? I mean, I I totally understand all the, You, you they can, they're they going to doubt and doubt and doubt until we do it. We haven't done it. It's simple as that. You can have individual success, but team success in the end is what solidifies your legacy. You know what I mean. That's what matters the most to me. At the end of the day, like, I know I'm gonna keep getting better because of what I do on a daily basis. I know I'm gonna keep getting better as an individual. But at the end of the day, I want a Super Bowl and not just one, two, three, whatever, whatever that is. I want to be able to be in those games consistently. And um, until we do it, we're gonna be doubted, and that's simple. And we're the Raiders, you know, so that comes with some extra baggage. So. Um, it's part of the game, and uh, you know I'm embracing it fully. All
2: right, last thing, uh, Max Crosby here on Invisalign. This is the multi-million-dollar question of the week. It's all Taylor Swift. It's all Travis Kelsey. Do you think they will eventually one day get engaged?
3: <laughs> that's none of my business. That's none of my business. But, but some I, people are gonna assume I mean, then that's
2: a no then on on your part.
3: I don't know. You know, I, I can't speak for <laughs> Travis and, and Taylor, but I wish them the best, no doubt. You got it, Max. <laughs> great to see you. Thanks so much. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it.
2: There he is. That's Max Crosby joining us on Radio Row inside the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. It is the Zach Gelb show, uh, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. And that Raiders team, you know, I just can't wait to see where they are in the next two years because Josh McDaniels, when he was the head coach of the Raiders, you know, some guys are just good offensive coordinators and they're miserable head coaches. That's what we've seen now with McDaniels in two instances with not only the Denver Broncos, but also. Uh, now the Las Vegas Raiders, but they were able to just get the right voice in there in Antonio Pierce and look what it kind of turned into. You have people now that wanted to be a part of this organization and Max Crosby in Devontae Adams that now they want to stay and now they want to be a part of this. But forget the rest of the AFC. Just look at the division right now. It's Kansas City is all the way up here. And everyone else is chasing the Kansas City Chiefs. The Broncos don't have their act together. I think the Chargers now start to have their act together when you have Jim Harbaugh, when you have Justin Herbert. But I'm really most excited to see the Raiders because it's just a great unknown. There's a lot of ambiguity with the Las Vegas Raiders. Like we talked to Max, Max is sensational. Max is one of the better players, not only on the defensive side of the ball, but one of the better players, period in the league so you have him you have Devonte Adams I don't know what's going to happen with uh, the status of Josh Jacobs as he's going to enter free agency in all likelihood but you need a quarterback and this is a team right now that's sitting there with the 13th overall pick you could start the speculation since Antonio Pierce was at Arizona State that maybe they try to find a way to trade up and and go get uh, Jaden Daniels like it, it, is that what's going to happen I don't know And I I don't believe the Bears are moving off the pick. I don't believe the Commanders are moving off the pick. Maybe the Patriots, but I still think they're going to take a quarterback because the Patriots are looking to splash. I think it would behoove the uh, New England Patriots to end up taking maybe a Marvin Harrison Jr., and you could wait on that quarterback, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't. So, like, in all likelihood, you put a gun to my head right now, quarterback, 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 one, two, three, that's what I think is going to happen in the NFL draft. So then you have a team at twelve uh, or, or thirteen with the Raiders, and it's like, okay, who are you? Who are you going to get there? Uh, is Michael Penix Jr. thirteenth overall pick in this draft? Uh, is it a JJ McCarthy? Is it Bo Nix? I, I don't think those guys are going that early. I don't. So you may have to look at the veteran realm. And I get what Max just said about Aiden O'Connell. Sometimes guys exceed expectations and they end up being a star when they weren't expected to be a star. I'm going to politely disagree with Max, and I'm just going to say I don't think he's going to be the franchise quarterback with the Raiders. But then who are you bringing in next year? Could you get a Kirk Cousins? Is Russell Wilson, that would be a fun storyline, going to go from the Broncos to the Raiders? Uh, you know what? Justin Fields. You... If the Raiders go get Justin Fields, you put Justin Fields, you bring back Josh Jacobs, you have Devontae Adams, and you have Crosby on the defensive side of the ball, that may be their best option. But you need a quarterback, and this happens every year, and it's are there enough quarterbacks available? And most times the answer is no. And you could carry in the momentum from a positive voice in Antonio Pierce. Ultimately in this league, it's tough to get to where you need to get to and be looked at as a serious football team if you don't have a quarterback. Like, look at the Niners. They've been close. They've been really close. And the Niners have a much better roster, uh, you know, obviously, than the Las Vegas Raiders. And even then, them not having a quarterback has made them come up short, and maybe Brock Purdy is different this year, and maybe Brock Purdy's going to get the job done coming up on Sunday. But this Raiders team, they need a quarterback. And sometimes when you need a quarterback, you pounce right away, and you end up making the wrong decision. So when you select and you make that move, you better, you better find a way to get the right quarterback. Because if you don't, we've seen it fail many head coaches before. All righty, this is Zach Gelb's show on CBS Sports Radio. Awesome, awesome show so far. If you want to see any of these interviews live in person, you could go to youtube.com slash CBS Sports Radio. Justin Jefferson. I love, love talking to Justin Jefferson. He joined us earlier. Roma Dunze. Mark Ingram. We were uh, just joined, um, obviously, by Max Crosby. And uh, coming up in a few minutes from now, I'm really excited to talk to my next guest because I want to know what the hell just happened in Philadelphia this past year. They were 10 and 1. 10 and 1. They won one game down the stretch and they were on the outside, or they made the playoffs and they quickly uh, got bounced from the postseason. And they just had no life, no juice. Up against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They went from Super Bowl favorite, potential Super Bowl champion, to being a team come postseason time. I didn't even pick them to win. I didn't pick them to win up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we'll try to get some answers from a phenomenal defensive lineman, longtime NFL defensive lineman, longtime Eagle, and that's Fletcher Cox, who's going to join us coming up in five minutes still to join us on the show after Fletcher Cox we'll chat it up with Sean Alexander little Dickie will stop by and also, also Cowboys running back Tony Pollard but let's take a time out for Mandalay Bay it is Zach Gelb show on CBS Sports Radio inside Radio Row and we're coming on back momentarily
0: Now back to the Zach Gelb Show.
2: Back here on Radio Row inside the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Now joining us, man, this dude's just unbelievable for the Philadelphia (laughs) Eagles, (laughs) star defensive lineman. And I'll tell you, when I covered the Eagles for a year or two, and they did bring me in, and obviously they won a Super Bowl, so you could probably thank me for it, even though I uh, did grow up as a uh, Patriot fan. Anytime this guy would hold court in the locker room, it was always a show. It was always something, and you were right next to Chris Long in the locker, Brandon Graham as well, Jason Kelsey. I uh, always learned a lot of stuff there. The Joining greats. us on behalf of Tide, of course, is uh, Fletcher Cox. Fletcher, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. How you doing?
2: Well, I'm doing fantastic. So here's why I like Tide, and here's why I like Philadelphia too. I attended Temple. I lived there for uh, seven years. Only I, I went through college in four, and then stayed three years afterwards and did some local radio there. But Philadelphia respects the big fellas like and Todd does as well my lot of Kelsey you uh, you got to show some respect to the big fellas
1: uh, yeah I mean absolutely I think that you know doing that that commercial with Todd early in, the, in in the season right before camp with three big dudes I mean especially being under a pile of laundry which you know everybody know that obviously you know it was for Todd and you know we had there was a lot of work going into it and you know, I had a chance to to, to partner with him, you know, and, uh, you know, obviously, you know, it was a great thing. We're still continuing, continuing with that. Um, so it, it's been a lot of fun.
2: Are, are you playing next year? You you plan to play, I'm assuming?
1: Man, dang, we're going straight off the rip, right? <laughs> 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 we're going straight for the good well,
2: it, it, So one of my best friends is an Eagles <laughs> fan. Oh, no, go he, birds. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> he he wasn't all that happy going into the playoff game, but he, he kind of felt he goes, man, you Brandon Graham's getting up there in age. You know, Fletcher Cox has been here forever. You got Jason Kelsey. There's all this retirement speculation. I'm just wondering if you're gonna play. Next Let's just year. keep
1: it all speculations and we're just gonna leave it at that. All right, it's just all spec. Everything is speculation these mm-hmm. days. So you know, uh, you know, just you know, that's nothing I've thought about. You know, there's yeah. nothing that that's crossed my mind. Um, so I'm just you know, just taking this time to myself and. Um, just reflect back on, you know, number one, making sure uh, physically, you know, uh, you know I'm I'm good and, and and mentally, you know, that's the biggest part about it, you know, making sure I'm mentally good to go. So, you know, like I said, let's let's keep it all speculations yeah. and uh, you know we'll see where we, where we head to.
2: Well, you guys are warriors, right? And sometimes the way that athletes are covered, um, it's fair, it's unfair. But I do think what you brought up, the mental health side, is big. Like, what do you do in the off season to kind of decompress, and I know you got to focus on football, but kind of get away from football and kind of clear your mind.
1: I go to my happy place. You know, my happy place is obviously my, you know, my, my, I got a bigger ranch in North Texas. Um, so, and then that's my happy place where, um, you know, I just forget about everything, right? I just forget about ball, forget about, you know, a schedule that, you know, that I got to stick by, you know, um, you know, I kind of get out of my routine things. Uh, obviously, you, and during the season, you have those routine things that you do daily, you know, in and out. So I kind of get out, get out of that schedule, and and just get into a totally different world. Um, and and that's definitely, you know, has helped me a lot in these last, you know, you know, six years that, that I've owned the place.
2: So if I came over to the ranch in Texas, what what are, what are we eating? What's for dinner? What are you what are you cooking up? What are you serving?
1: Oh, we we only serve beef there. Oh, Yeah, that's oh, my yeah. Type of place. oh yeah, yeah. We, we, we eat steaks every night, burgers, whatever you want. You know, we may throw, you know.
2: A Salad
1: uh, in there. <laughs> oh, you mean that's 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 your choice. If you want that, that's your choice. You know, you, you get a salad, but I tell you what, the big man ain't eating no salad. I'm you know, just give me some beef and taters and I'm good.
2: That's unbelievable. Fletcher Cox is here with us. Well, what's the lasting memory for you from the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 52?
1: Oh man, the lasting memory for me was you know, obviously, um, it was probably the biggest play of the game. Um, you know, defense, you know, uh, obviously, you know, if you go in and if a lot of people, if there was a mic on me and I tell this story over and over, if there was a mic on me, um, you know, when I, you know, had this conversation on the, uh, on the sideline with BG about, you know, Hey man, like, you know, I'm gonna go to the right, which I normally don't play the right side of the defense. I said, you go to the left. And I said, they're going to slide to me. I'm, I'm, I need you to win the one-on-one. And he said, okay, I got you. And that's all I needed, you know, from him, I, you know, there was no reassurance, like, man, should I, should I not trust him to go over there? Which, you know, he was going against a really good player, Shaq Mason. Yeah. And I said, you know, BG, I said, man, listen, if I go to the right, they're probably going to slide the protection to me um, and you know, in, in a passing situation, so I need you to go win it. And, uh, you know, he, he, he you know, he answered that bell, and, uh, you know, Derek got it, and, you know, um, it, it, it was good. And, you know, there was a lot of special moments in that game. Uh, it's, so. the,
2: it's the biggest play in, in Eagles history,
1: and I know some people
2: will say it's the Philly special, but that game was an offensive shootout, but ultimately defense wins championships, and – that was the biggest play of the game to me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I talk. The thing is, I talked to you know Matty P about about that game. He was like, Hey, look. You know, I was like, You know, we were both. You know, me and Matt. You know, we we've become like really close over this over this past season. And you know, we still talk about that thing and about that game. And you know, our biggest conversation. Hey, look. You know, both defenses gave up 500 yards. You know, of offense. And you know, the the defense that got the last turnover is is the one that won the game. And and you know, you got to believe in that. And you know, I got a lot of respect for you know for Matty P. Talking
2: to Fletcher Cox right now. So from afar, you guys start out ten and one. You're humming. I know that some people are like, "Oh, they're sloppy victories." Doesn't matter. You guys were ten and one coming off a Super Bowl loss. You got off to a really good start, and then down the stretch, you know, you only won one game. From afar, it feels like there were problems in that locker room. What was the truth on why you guys couldn't find the way to get the ship back moved in the right direction down the stretch?
1: I mean, if you really go back and look at us, um, you know, early in the season when you know we were when we were when we were, you know, you know winning games, you know. If you go back and look at every game, we will die way to win all of those games. Yeah. You know, I think the only game where I was at the Bills game where we where we completely like dominated was when we played Miami, you mm-hmm. know, where we dominated a team. Right. You know, you gotta look at we went in overtime with the commanders. You know, we were close game with Dallas. You know, um, you know, we, we will die way to, to a lot of those wins. And, you know, that's what good football teams do. You know, and down the stretch, you know, it's just one of them things where, you know, you can't put your hand on what happened. You know, obviously, but, you know, it just, you know, it sucks the way that it ended. You know, I feel, you know, that, you know, I feel like as a team that, you know, and as a player, we probably could have done better. And, you know, obviously, you know, we went in the first round of playoffs and, you know, got eliminated. And that's not something that you want to do for a team that started 10 and 1. So, I mean, as a player and, you know, you learn from those mistakes and you really try to still try to put your own figure on what went wrong.
2: Everyone's going to talk about Nick Sirianni. I think we've spent a month talking about Nick Sirianni. I know you have defended him. You just tell me why Nick Sirianni is the right coach for this team moving forward. Mm-hmm. Man,
1: he's the guy. You know, there's no question about it. I think he's the guy. in um, this year and going forward, you know, the guy. I mean, coach. You know, Nick has, you know, took the organization to, you know, three playoff appearances, one Super Bowl appearance and his, his his few years there. Uh, and you know, everybody, every great team. And I said all the time, every great team go through, you know, faces adversity. You know, some teams respond, some don't, and 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 that's that's the biggest thing. And no matter how good you are, um, you're going to go to go through that adversity. You know, I just take for example, you know. I take for, you know, the 49ers, you know, they lost three in a row in the regular season. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're a really good team. I respect that team. Right. Yeah. And and they're a really good team. And they went through that adversity. And they but they they dug their way out of it.
2: Does it annoy you when Debo says that the Eagles and 49ers uh, is not a rivalry because you guys couldn't keep it close this year?
1: Um, <clears throat> you no, know, I respect Debo you know yeah and, he uh, doesn't like me hang up the phone uh, me. This off-season. so uh, you know i respect debo and you know he you could definitely voice your opinion on anything mm-hmm. um and uh you know um i i, I, I wish him luck mm-hmm. and you know he's a great player and you know he he, he got a chance to play in this league for a long time
2: who wins the game on sunday
1: I mean, I don't care. Yeah. It don't matter. It don't it don't it don't affect me. You know, but the biggest thing is um. You just you want know, to
2: see Jason Kelsey ripping his shirt off. I'm assuming. Man, I just you know I'm, I'm really <laughs> I'm really
1: rooting for for Mississippi State guys. You know, yeah. all the guys from Mississippi. You know, like Chris Jones and Willie Gay, and you know those guys that that represent our state. Um, you know, again, um, you know, in you know, in, in, in the Super Bowl, so you, you got to pull for your home state guys. Tell me what you're doing today on behalf of Tide. Just on behalf of Tide, man. Just tackling every pod on and off the field, baby. You already know. If I trust them, you should too.
2: All right, and here's the last thing I got to ask you. It's our biggest question of the week: Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift, are they going to eventually get engaged?
1: Oh, that sounds like a dim problem. <laughs> and that ain't a me problem
2: so you're like a, a maybe uh,
1: <laughs> you're like a maybe i, I mean I, I like travis i respect him you know yeah. um i think that you know he's found a love life and you know that, that eventually you know he'll, he'll probably feel the pressure and, and get it done you know <laughs> well
2: but, he's focused probably on another ring and that's what that he win on sunday <laughs> fletcher cox great to see you thanks so much for doing this yes sir thank you there he is fletcher cox joining us on radio row and we try to get some clarity on what happened with the eagles uh, still, clearly, he believes in Nick Sirianni, and it made it seem like it was more of a player and coordinator issue this past year. Before we take a break, and Sean Alexander's going to join us live on set coming up in about 8 to 10 minutes from now. Samter, i got to use your producing mind here for a second. So I'm going to show you a picture right now because I said something to you earlier today. I go, who the heck is this guy doing so many interviews? And I he looked familiar, but I just couldn't Put a face to to a name. Like I could not come up with a name. So this is Rob Gronkowski. Phil Perry uh, just tweeted this out. That's Rob Gronkowski in the NFL Network set. Do you have any idea who this person is to the left of him? No. I, I could zoom in for. No, for I saw a him walking second. around. I thought the same thing, and I wasn't I, able to put. So a face many people to the name. were talking to him, and I go, "Who the heck is this?" And, like. Do you, do you, but but what, I the, also
0: thought to myself, he looks familiar. What, what do you
2: think he does? Uh, if you had to take a guess. What do you think he does? Actor. He's not an actor. He's a football player. Yeah. A very well-known football player that we have talked about a lot that is getting set to enter the NFL draft. Do you have any idea who that is? I was shocked. When, when, sometimes you see someone without a helmet on, without shoulder pads on, you see him in person, you go, that doesn't look like the dude. The intimidating force that I saw on the football field this year. Well, okay,
0: so intimidating force. To know. I was going to say like Drake May or something. No, but no. no, no, no,
2: not a quarterback. That is Brock Bowers. Wow, how the heck is that Brock Bowers? I know he's standing next to Gronk, but Gronk has cut wow. a lot of weight.
0: But that he does. I mean, listen, he looks like he's in good shape, but he doesn't look buff by any means. Phil
2: Perry, Rob Gronkowski is hanging with the top tight end in this year's draft class. It's Brock Bowers. I'm not kidding. If you would have asked me what this guy does for a living, I would have thought he's just a jacked UPS driver. That's interesting.
0: I, I thought he was a jacked UPS driver. He, he, he looks like a jacked everyday person, but not a football player. But listen, we saw Patrick Mahomes' you know, dad bod. Huh? So if Patrick Mahomes could look like that, the Brock Bowers can certainly be that. Be that.
2: It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Sean Alexander going to stop by momentarily. We'll come on back from Las Vegas.
0: Now back to the Zach Gelb Show.
2: So we're inside the uh, Mandalay Bay Convention Center. It is the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. And if you're not watching us on YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio, my back is turned to everybody else. So I have no clue who is uh, walking behind me. And I just uh, feel as if someone's going to, like, pop up one day and just kind of, like, put me in a a, a noogie or, or something like that. Oh, there he is. Oh, is that Sully? My guy Sully is here. Let me tell you, the Las Vegas Golden Knights game last night, Sully, he's the Don of Las Vegas. Everyone walking around, oh, you know Sully? You know Sully? You know Sully? The guy that uh, basically uh, founded Metallica last night sitting next to me at the hockey game. First thing he says to me, oh, nice VG gear that you're wearing. You know Sully? And I go, of course I know Sully. Everyone knows Sully around here. We're going out to dinner tonight with Sully. And I'm telling you, Sully's mad at me. Because I said Sully's favorite restaurant last week is dank. I just said it's dank. Dank to me means good. You know, sorry I'm young. Sorry I am, uh, I don't want to say hip, into it. What's the word that I'm uh, looking for here, Samter? What's the word that I'm, that I'm looking for? Let's get Samter's mic on here. Uh, crunk? No, no, that's, <laughs> that's not the word. But I'm just telling you, it's just like one of those words, dank. If I say dank, it means good. And Sully thought that that meant bad. And uh, he he got all mad at me and all uh, caught up in his feelings, but it's fine. We'll eat some good Italian food tonight. Uh, We're going to have Sean Alexander uh, join us momentarily. It is the Zach Gilb show on CBS Sports Radio. Little Dicky is going to stop by coming up at the uh, top of the hour. We'll also have Tony Pollard on set as well, coming up in a little bit in about 40 minutes or so right here on CBS Sports Radio as uh, this place is just an absolute zoo. Uh, C.J. Stroud is going to join us tomorrow on the show. And I'm looking really forward to that conversation with C.J. Stroud of the Houston Texans. And, you know, we we got a chance to talk to Roma Dunze today. And you've seen uh, how people are thinking about him. Justin Jefferson stopped by, right? Jefferson tells us uh, four years ago when we had him on, he told us he was going to be the best wide receiver in the NFL. And look at that. So it's cool uh, when you sometimes get to know these guys a little bit younger and you see what they turn up developing and uh, turning out to in the NFL. But I was really impressed with uh, Roma Dunze and a year ago no one would have been thinking that uh, CJ Stroud uh, would have been one of the better quarterbacks in the league but there is no doubt about it uh, with what he has done I already think he's I think he's the fifth best quarterback in football enter in this season and that is some big time high time praise but that's just how sensational CJ Stroud was in his rookie year and uh-oh look who's joining us right now my guy Sean Alexander the former NFL MVP. Uh, he should be uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, and let's just do this right out of the gate as Sean Alexander joins us. Stand Together Foundation and Cafe Momentum. The, the floor is yours right out of the gate because I know what happens. When we talk, eventually the music's going to come on up. They're going to be like, get them off the stage. You'll take care of what you got to take care of first.
4: Yeah, so, um, of course, I'm here to tell the great news of what's happening with Stand Together Foundation and Cafe Momentum. Uh, Senator Foundation is about 800 of some of the most successful businessmen and women and philanthropic leaders in the country. They've put their money together and their think tanks and business people together to help some of the greatest foundations um, um, do some great things. And we call it tackling some of the country's biggest issues, and one of them is juvenile justice system. And, and Cafe Momentum was, is basically a restaurant that takes kids that are juveniles that are in the in – instead of them going to juvie, Um, They're actually making them come and and volunteer uh, and actually a paid internship at their restaurant. And we started in Dallas and uh, we've seen kids go from, you know, I think recidivism is at 50, 45 percent in our country. And with with the capital Momentums it's at 11 percent. And I told Chad, I said, Chad we can put one of these in every NFL city and so these kids are going through a year internship and we're seeing the the, as I call the social work psychologists we call them the aunties the uncles the the big brothers that they need in their lives and we're just seeing these kids succeed they're actually gaining true identity and uh, learning who they really could be and they're not going back to prison at the rate that it is and so now we have one in Nashville one in Pittsburgh we're about to open Denver we're about to open Atlanta uh, we've got the ground set for Houston, Miami, and Tampa, and uh, it's just exciting.
2: Sean Alexander here with us. I, I know we talk throughout the year. How many kids do you have
4: now, <laughs> by the way? We just had um, in July, number thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah, ten girls, three boys. Um, it's it's pretty exciting to be around the house and uh, so the and youngest watch a is a newborn. How old is the, the uh, yeah? Our youngest is Judea. Judea is now seven months. Wow, and mm-hmm. the oldest is. Uh, Heaven is our oldest, and she is a sophomore at Liberty. She is 20 years old.
2: Wow, that's 13 children. Yep. Thanksgiving must be fun in your house. It
4: is so live every single day. And uh, watching uh, my oldest, my second oldest, uh, Trinity, she actually runs track at Liberty now, so oh, wow. she's a freshman. And then um, Eden, who we love to brag about, she's a junior in high school, but she was a high school All American in track. Oh. Um, them girls got wills, and then the boys come. So it's three girls first. Yeah, from. yeah. Their mom, they got it from their mom. You know, I know she's fast. so We try to catch her. You know? <laughs>
2: talking to sean alexander right now so it's weird every time i see you and and you know i love talking to you i'm pissed though yeah because i I look around and i've been saying this now for the last two years you should be in the pro football hall of fame every year the stinking results come out there's not even a a mention of you you had you didn't play long enough but you had 100 career touchdowns you won an mvp and you played in a damn super Bowl. like what is there to say anymore at this point because it 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 honestly annoys me that you don't even get a sniff
4: it's wild because the whole idea of not playing enough actually should validate that I should get in. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I I, uh, I, I just kind of watch everything. I try not to make it um, too big of a thing, but, you know, I just came from Mobile, Alabama, where they had the Senior Bowl, 70th anniversary, the all-time team, and the running backs are Curtis Martin, uh, Ladanian, Thurman Thomas, and me. And uh, we're all hanging out there, and they're all talking this and that, and they're all like, how are you not in the Hall of Fame? Like, right? You know, like, like, at one time, they getting there you have to be the best player and they're like shoot you was for like two or three years and LaDana's like yeah, yeah he definitely was you know and um and you have to go out there and do something special and and I did and I and I I feel like some of it is kind of like how football's gone today um on on one end um I had a great offensive line you know what I mean I had Walter Jones and Steve Hutchinson on my left side and they are hall of famers and sometimes it seems like well anybody can rent it that. and I'm always like yeah, but if you're the you could you could
2: have played anywhere.
4: Yeah, I could have but if you I'm
2: not diminishing the offensive alignment. No. it's the most important thing for, for a running back for a yep. quarterback You had great offense alignment, but you could have gone anywhere and had a great career
4: I think so and I think that it's one of those things like people forget that I was the number one high school player When they were talking about five stars and this I was the number one in high school and then I shattered all the Bama records So when I got to the pros in Seattle, I was like, oh, okay, we're going. We're going to do it here, you know. So I was shocked, but they were like giving so much credit to, get it to not to me, but but uh, but I've just tried to always keep it humble. But I, I feel like some of it is, in Seattle, we, our coaches made it a point to make sure that it was Mike Holmgren, the passing system, yada, yada, yada. And I think some of it was twofold to help it make them not have to pay me a lot as a running back. And also because Mike was a passing guy, you know, he had Joe Montana, then Steve Young, then Brett Favre in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. So when he gets to Seattle, it's like, man, the best thing for us is probably to run the ball. But that's not how you like to talk. And I feel like that's the curve that's going on with today. Now, running backs are not used a lot because they're always trying to throw it. And I feel it's because coaches get paid so much now that they feel like I got to do something to earn my pay.
2: And it it turns into a nasty conversation, Sean Alexander, because Tiki Barber works right next to us. And I see Tiki every day. We get in the office at the same time. We leave at the same time. And he he was a a semifinalist this year for the Hall of Fame and didn't get down to being a finalist. And I looked at him and I go, "Congratulations!" And I go, "But what about Sean Alexander?" And he yeah. goes, "He should be right there." Yeah. And, you know, like nothing against Tiki, right? My producer Mike. He'll make. The, he worked with Tiki for ten years. He make the case for Tiki. Yeah. I, I said to Tiki, I go, "It's weird because I love you, Tiki, but I almost have to talk down about you to kind of prop up Sean, and that yeah. shouldn't be the case because you should both be Hall of Famers."
4: Right. And it's it gets weird when you when you have those conversations, and I feel like when I'm around all the other greats, like they act, they forget that I'm not. Yeah, Because <laughs> well, in their mind, you are. I am. You Jerry
2: know? Kramer, uh, who eventually got in the legendary Packers offensive lineman, would say the commissioner thought I was a Hall of Famer. John Hanna thought I was a Hall of Famer. That's the weird part yeah. when the guy running the league or the guys that are legendary players in the league are yeah. so surprised. And that's what it, it makes me mad. It makes me annoyed because no one even talks about it with you. Yeah. And I'm not just saying this because I like you we're friendly, but nah. it, 100 touchdowns and you didn't play long enough.
4: Yeah. I mean. It, it should validate. Well, you know, one of my good friends is uh, from Detroit, from Michigan, and uh, and I always say he always talks about they great, their greatest running back, and, and we always crack jokes because we're like, yeah, hey, that guy was amazing, but you know what's bigger than ninety nine, one hundred. <laughs> and so of course we're talking about Barry Sanders, yeah. who I who I like, he was like the goal, like yeah. okay, he he had a hundred, he had ninety nine touchdowns. I'm going to try to get 100. And so like he was the benchmark. So I would be playing games. OK, hey, let's go. Let's let's crank this thing up. So me crossing over the uh, 100 touchdown mark was like a goal set by a person that, you know, is arguably one of the best ever. You know what I mean? But if, yeah. we, if we were talking, I'd be like, hey, I, I scored more touchdowns than you. And for somehow that's not deemed as Yeah, you, you, you could now. drop
2: the mic on that one. Sean Alexander Pretty here cool. with us. So were you more surprised? about Pete Carroll basically getting fired from Seattle. I know that they they dressed it all up. Uh, he has some advisory role. He got fired as the head coach or Nick Saban retiring.
4: And On the same day, I had so many people call and ask was I all right? <laughs> 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 you know, because both of those guys um, took over their jobs when I was retiring. And so, you know, Alabama always had open doors for me. And mm-hmm. I only know it because Coach Saban was like, hey, you come in. Th- you, you have free reign to talk to the guys. These are your guys, man. Like, you come loving these ass. So, walking them, dropping little nuggets, calling guys from Bama, that's how I've been, like, ever since I've retired. And then the same thing with Pete. From Pete coming in, he was like, hey, you know, Sean, this is your, you built this facility, you know, you know, man, you come in anytime you want. And so I was so loved by those coaches, and they both were championship coaches, and, and uh, they did it right. Both of their, their styles were totally different. Yeah. But uh, but I, I, I really loved what they both did for the programs that I played at.
2: You're right. It was the same that we, we start the show first two hours was Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll. And then at five o'clock, Mike gets in my ear. He goes, oh, we have breaking news. I go, well, what's the breaking news? And it was Nick and I was like crazy. Because He's a young 72. Yeah, 70, he, well, is. Old he I never I understand NAL transfer portal. It's all different. I never even thought that was a possibility.
4: You know what we were talking about. We knew that it was a possibility. Some of the people down the backside. We just didn't think he would pull the trigger. And like literally, when when he made that decision, it was literally like that day he decided. Well, he and was so, working right yeah. that day, and, and then I mean, he just said,
2: oh, "I'm it. I'm out." I'm,
4: I mean, they were calling some coaches that I know and talking about coming in and working for the, for them up under him. You know, wow. and they, you know, I'm over here talking to some friends of mine. They're like, "Yeah." I'm, Thinking about coming down there and taking the blah 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 position at Alabama and I'm going to interview for it. And then he drops that. So he was working as if he was going to be back yeah, up until that moment.
2: That means he, he knew he had to. But yeah. it's, it's tough to, to want to, to, yep. to walk away from that. What's your thought on the game? Who, who are you leaning towards? I'm trying to find someone that's going to take the 49ers. Uh, This week, everyone's going Kansas City, at least the people we talk to here. I know people in the world are going to tell me things otherwise.
4: Yeah, you know, um, I usually vote with my heart, and it never is right. And so, (laughs) so like, you know, uh, I've been telling people, like, um, Christian was a freshman at Stanford, Mm -hmm. and his running back coach was uh, uh, Lance Taylor, who's now the the head football coach at uh, Western Michigan. He calls me up. Lance was a freshman at Bam when I was a senior. He calls him and says, bro, we got a kid here. I was like, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, man, love for you to text me messages to him. So I've been sending him messages and talking to him since he was a freshman. So that would be hard. And then I got a relationship with a handful of the other guys, all for the 49ers. So like my heart wants to be like, come on 49ers, let's go do it. But I know what you're gonna say. I, you I can finish your sentence. You don't want to go against that 15. defense. You don't want to go against Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. My boys, they're 14, 12, and 8, so I only have three. So, you know, I'm 10 girls, three boys. Yeah. They're like, Pachinko, man, that dad, he's he's Angry a beast. Runner. Yeah, they're like, he's, he's the mad animal, dad. Don't go against him. So I I just don't want to say the 49ers, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, so I want to, but I just can't because I can't go against that. Everything says, like, man, them, them – uh, them Chiefs are going to do it.
2: I think I have to run in the field on Sunday and just have a sign. Sean Alexander should get into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> don't get tackled, man. <laughs> maybe get, well, I don't have the moves like you yeah. should, but maybe just get this uh, campaign off the ground and running because, once again, it's a joke.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, it's going to be good, man. I'm actually going to go to the game for the first time oh, since awesome. the Seahawks didn't run the ball on uh, the one. that's we were And the rest screwed you. Oh, uh, yeah. sorry.
2: We got to run. Anyway, he is Sean Alexander. Sean, always great to see you. We're coming on back from Radio Row after these short messages. Little Dickie's going to stop by coming up five minutes from now.